Hello everyone. I'm delighted to welcome you to the Power and Purpose Through Peace podcast. My name is Bolu Tiwi. I'm an integrative health and wellness coach and founder of Magni Essence Coaching, which was created to help you reconnect with yourself, magnify your essence and reveal your magnificence. For those of you who are new to my podcast, let me share why I started it. You see, to lead meaningful lives, we all need purpose. To fulfill our purpose, we need power. And to be truly powerful, we need to tune into a space of peace. My podcasts bring you information and inspiration that help you activate the power, purpose and peace you need to be the change you want to see in the world. Of course, in a healthy, happy and sustainable way. This episode is about finding freedom. And today we have an amazing woman whose story I find very inspirational with us to tell us about her quest for freedom. Joanna Ripplinger is a free spirit, artist, soulful entrepreneur, designer of sustainable fashion and lifestyle, world traveler, and nature lover. She's one of the most fluid people I know, as she embodies the expression going with the flow, whilst holding very clear intentions. Joanna, welcome to the Power and Purpose Through Peace podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Bolo TV. It's my delight. So, Joanna, when did you start seeking freedom and how? I think freedom was always my top priority. And more consciously, it was certainly around maybe 18, 19, when my thoughts became clearer and I was able to understand how to develop it. That was about the time where I understood how my thinking would influence my, the outcome. I still didn't have en enough knowledge, but this is definitely the point where I started to be very conscious about it. Beautiful. Was there any experience that triggered this quest? Definitely teachings, uh, but I would say mostly the desire, and then of course becoming independent is a quest of freedom itself. Indeed. Tell me, Joanna, where do you live now? Well, <laughs> I am currently a nomad. I have chosen to not have a very clear base somewhere, which is, I would say, even more precisely in the mind than in reality, because of course I'm somewhere all the time. I live in a place I, or I sleep every night inside. I'm not really <laughs> outside somewhere, nowhere. Uh, so it is more about uh, the mindset nomading than the actual fact of nomading. Still, I don't have a precise base and I'm pretty much every uh, two weeks or months somewhere else. Sometimes even every few days somewhere else in the world. Mainly around Europe, but also a little bit in the United States. Uh, it has been a lot India before, but I'm mainly roaming around the places where I see there is purpose and things to do for me. Wow. So are you saying you don't have a fixed address right now? Well, you do always have to have a fixed address uh, administration-wise. So yes, I do have a fixed address and I spend enough time in that fixed address, but never more than a month or actually mostly a, a week or so and it's 
it's not a base that I call my own. So it's a kind of an alibi base, if you call it that way, administration-wise. Um, and that helps me to really be in that mindset of calling myself really a nomad, because I don't own a place right now that I call myself my, my own place. Wow. So if you don't own a place and you're not renting a place for yourself, practically, how do you do this? How do you live this nomad lifestyle? Well, there are many solutions and I think um, uh, I have my own solutions that I found. But for anybody who's interested, I would encourage them to find their own simple way of organizing it the easiest way possible. It could be with friends, it could be with parents, it could be with... Uh, anyone who's close to you who's able to host you, who's able to provide you that kind of address. Um, and uh, just pick whatever is easiest for yourself to have that as a, as a base, as an administration um, and a post office in a way, and then go with the flow. I see. So how practically have you done this? So you, for example, Mm. have probably not lived like this all your life but when you started was it more with friends was it more through other means how do you do this I'd like you to to share your experience yes and it's it's a very it's the first question that I'm uh, that I always receive when I speak about nomading and of course um, it's it is something that is not easy to organize and I must admit it was actually life that offered me this occasion. I wouldn't have chosen it, <laughs> maybe out of um, uh, comfort or hesitation or, or whatever, but it was actually life that offered me that opportunity. And <clears throat> I had those, I was confronted to two possible choices. Either I would really take a regular job and take a regular apartment somewhere or I would continue my activity as a designer and just accept to continue traveling as I already did since 15 years and avoid having this subtle base that we all think we do require. So it's much more, I would say, in our minds that we think that we have to have this base and plus the administration demanding us to have that base, which makes us really believe uh, that we have to have it. And I understood when this life choice came up, that I would want to try it. And I didn't give myself really a time frame how long I would want to do it. I would just say, uh, so I don't know exactly where I want to go, I'll just go with the flow and see. And it's been over a year and a half now that I'm doing this nomading, and interestingly enough, I've just ran randomly into a lot of nomads. <laughs> especially in the beginning of this uh, uh, phase, who gave me very interesting feedback on how they started to evolve as a nomad. And so it helped me to do my choices. And all of it is very, very personal, I would say. There is not one way that is the way of doing it. It is really a special personal skill set of developing your own nomading experience. Beautiful. Tell me something. What would you say for those who've never tried couchsurfing? Well, couchsurfing is for me has been a very beautiful discovery recently. I have been um, a strong par a participant in Airbnb since quite some time, since many years, and I've really appreciated the meeting of different people through the human contact. 
Now, as it has become more commercial and as all the rules have started to uh, influence the system, I have looked into couchsurfing and have uh, realized that it has much freer human interaction because it has less economical interest. And this is something where I have encountered a, a level of generosity that has been really striking and outstanding among strangers. And that is something you can also say a friend is just a stranger that you haven't known yesterday. And couchsurfing has taught me that um, be very beautiful lesson. Beautiful. Mm. So, going back to freedom. Yes. In what way would you say that your understanding of freedom has evolved since you were 18, or since what you thought you would find when you were 18? Yes, I probably still accepted an idea of freedom, which is a more conventional idea of freedom, where um, you become independent, you do what you really want to do, and I have always, or since ten years, since I was ten years old, I have wanting to be wanted to be a designer, and uh, led everything and fought for the possibility to to do it and become it. And progressively, I did everything in order to create my own collection and to become a designer of my own um, uh, an entrepreneur. But this itself is actually not exactly the understanding of freedom that I have learned, especially when becoming a nomad, and especially when I started to give up things which I thought was, were really necess necessary for freedom, or for the experience of freedom. And when, when I started to really choose this nomad lifestyle consciously, I realized that I accomplished freedom much more in my mind than in the actual things or achievements. And I understood that freedom was something that has always been there and that I wouldn't even have to search for and just allow it in my mind and in my spirit and my, my being. And it was a very interesting realization which is now much more unconditional, or it is unconditional, and is just there. So you basically found that you've always had what you were seeking. Exactly. <laughs> Doesn't that also have form a, an interesting parallel with home? Exactly. Um, many people ask me, where is your home now? And having grown up with different, um, with two nationalities and having traveled a lot, um, has already always made me wonder what my real home is. But as a nomad, you understand that where you are is where you're at home, and where your heart is is where you are at home. You can also spread it out and make have a larger vision and say where your loved ones are may be where your home is. But and then it would actually become the world. And then it doesn't matter anymore where you are, and your home is just where, where you happen to be. That's absolutely beautiful. Which makes me think of the expression homeless. Yes. And I, yes. 
Well, there is a... Let me add something, because the homeless, there is a lightness of not having the burden of something to care or worry about. At the same time, I rather have the different experience that I'm full of home <laughs> or homes because finally all the places that I had been calling my homes previously and I had lived for 20 years pretty much 20 years in a row in Germany for 15 years in France for one and a half year in Portugal and in a way all those places have remained my home just they are temporary and still available, which makes it rather full of homes instead of completely homeless. Absolutely, and from what you said about home being where the heart is, if you're conscious of that fact, can you be homeless? Yeah, exactly. Question. Yes. Anyway, so um, there's something I wanted to also ask you about, which is in our previous discussions, we talked about the sharing economy. Mm. And this was something quite new for me. And I'd like you to share a little bit with us about that today and how you've tuned into this and how you're participating actively as well. Yes, well, you know, working as a designer with, uh, in sustainability and uh, fair trade, there is anyway a big question, and I have been working in that since over uh, 15 years now, uh, there is a big question about the trade that we chose as our economy so I believe that we still function in our economy on a basis of lack of trust which I believe is the most uh, um, it, it's uh, it's a limiting position or um, starting point which brings us the, the kind of frustration in our economy that we all encounter. Or we can also say that the distribution, which is uh, for the least to say an unequal distribution. So I'm convinced that we do have enough resources in, on this planet to provide a thriving life for everybody. Obviously, it needs a lot of adjustments and changes, but I'm not an advocate of saying we have to cut down on everything that we like and live lives that we don't want to live in order to live sustainable lives. Nobody would want to do that, including me, including myself. But it is important to rethink the way we function, see what really makes us happy or what really makes us thrive and see that most of the time we really have enough of that and when we share this it becomes more instead of becoming less so our current economy thinks that when we share it's dividing the cake and we all receive less but in many ways when we understand that there is so much more that we possess that by sharing we amplify it we amplify the experience for ourselves and we amplify it for others so we create more wealth by using the same, pretty much the same assets that we have. And that is for me the idea of the sharing economy, which we still have to practice and we still have to explore it. And I don't have 
any answer to that, just starting points which thrill me and which give me hope for systems to be created in that sense and especially a lot of uh, gratitude and happiness to being able to explore and experience that with people I work with, with people I meet randomly or people I discuss with. So there is still a lot to be done in sharing economy, um, but the first thing that we have to do if we want to participate in is daring to, re uh, daring to live the first examples and collect that data and share it. Indeed, would you also not say that that in itself is a form of freedom? Definitely. Yeah, freedom from the attachment Absolutely. to... Yes, because our economy and our system is working because it keeps us pretty um, dependent on things. Now, if you understand that you might not even need a home in order to be happy and to feel really well at your space, in your space, and that is one very important point that I would still have to explain a little bit more to understand it. Um, I do live in beautiful spaces. <laughs> Wonderful spaces are offered to me um, and show up through different systems, uh, may it be uh, couchsurfing, may it be friends. And this is where it is very important to see the possibilities and the, um, the balance, how those kind of things come about. Because nobody wants to live in a system where you're in a dependency or a burden. So there is a fine balance in finding ways to function with your friends or a system like uh, couch surfing where there's a common interest that you share in this sharing of space or the sharing of information or the sharing of whatever you share so it has to be a win-win situation for everybody who participates in order to be a fulfilling and a, a thriving experience for everybody involved beautiful so in your quest, would you say that having now the understanding that you have a freedom, how, what has that done for you in terms of peace and power? Well, definitely it has calmed fear a lot because very often we are, our decisions can be fear-based or trust-based. And in order to do nomading, you really have to be on a very evolved level of trust. Otherwise, your experience will not be necessarily a good one. You might run into frustration, you might run into more fear. Um, so it is important to practice functioning from trust uh, rather than from fear. So. It really has given me a very direct feedback on how I was doing with uh, my way of functioning. And I realized that there were a few moments where doubts were coming up and I still fell back into the old structures of fear-based functioning. But quite easily from the new collected data and experience, I could understand how much more thriving and how much more interesting the experiences that I was myself creating for myself on a trust-based level. Um, it was just so much more interesting that <laughs> it's quite convincing and self-explanatory that, well, it's so much better to 
act from trust so just practice it you know wow <laughs> so you're saying that you found yourself to be a truly powerful creator of your experience especially when you're tuning into trust exactly lack of fear peace exactly hmm. beautiful well thank you so much for sharing your experience with us today and um, just before we leave i'd like you to share one story is there one story that you're comfortable sharing with us about maybe a recent or not so recent experience about nomading? Oh, there's so many stories that I have to collect the, the best ones. Um, well, recently it's been a very beautiful story on couch surfing where when I was looking for a place to stay for some work in Switzerland, um, someone has really offered me his entire place without even being there so the level of trust of this generous and and yeah kind and i mean amazing offer really blew my mind and it was um i was very happy to encounter finally the person who has who has offered this to me and realized and we had a lot of discussions about this uh, around the subject of trust and we both agreed that we really would rather act from trust even if it could be perceived by friends as danger because as long as we don't have the experience of it being a danger and we remain with the idea of trust I do remain convinced that the outcome for us will be honoring the trust that we have chosen to begin with. And this is where our intention is so important when we do the free flowing. It is not about just sitting there and letting everything happen. It is our intention has to be very, very clear in order to live it in a very structured way. And there would be many more, many more stories, but I think we ran out of time here. In that case, <laughs> thank you so much for sharing so authentically and for also bringing to light that aspect of in our flow, may we be intentional. Yes. Okay, thank you so much, Joanna. It was thank so you, wonderful to hear you and I'm sure there will, be, there will be many other stories. I'm looking forward. So everyone, thank you very much for listening and for investing in your power and purpose through peace. I'd love to hear your comments. Also do share this podcast with others if you found it interesting. And I do invite you to share your comments with me. Till the next podcast, I wish you all many magnificent experiences.